From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 577. Today's show is brought to you by Enigma Stationery and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. I feel like you had that realization when you said 577 that that was a very large number and it caused pause no, in your, the reason uh, your introduction. Was, I accidentally closed the tab that had the episode <laughs> number on it. So I had to reopen it halfway through me saying the number to make sure I had the right one because my show document says 577, right? That's what we have. Mm-hmm, but the tab mm-hmm. name says 576. So yes, it was very which is confused. how we roll. So mm-hmm. I no, but that no the, the document is named correctly. This is a Google mm-hmm. Docs problem. I don't know why it's doing that. And so, I see what you're saying. Yes, right. So I had to go to our ad system to confirm the 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 episode <laughs> number. And this is how you know we've been doing this a long time because I could tell when Mike did not read the number correctly, something was up. <laughs> well, last I think it was last week or the week before, I did say the wrong number because the wrong number was at the top of the document, which wasn't my yes. fault. Yes, so so we keep the introduced it incorrectly. Yeah, we keep a rolling dock, and Mm -hmm. sometimes I, I will admit, hand raise, I forget to change the actual dock title, even Mm -hmm. if I change it correctly in the document. But I can't complain because you do such a good job of our show notes every week. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to complain about that at all because you do a great job, and I just want you to know that I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate our pin community, Mike. We got a lot going on this week, so let's get into it. Yeah, we have to talk about something. I want to talk about this. I think that the pen addicts is the best place to talk about it. The last week has just been absolutely horrific for the people in Maui, in Hawaii, uh, Maui especially, but there's been wildfires throughout the Hawaiian Islands, and Maui has been devastated. Um, Maui is a place that is very special to me personally. Uh like there are tons of tragedies in the world, right? Um, there are especially wildfires, feel like they're happening all the time now. Uh, but every now and then, I think we can all kind of understand this. You have there's something that happens in a place that you have a personal connection to, so it hits you harder because it hits not just like your abject emotion, but it also hits like your personal emotions, like mm-hmm. nostalgia, memories, those kinds of things. Um, and me and Adina have spent some of the best weeks of our life in Hawaii. You know, we spent our honeymoon there and we went there um, as our first kind of vacation uh, after our lockdowns. And we've truly had some wonderful times there. And I I feel like Maui is a place where we have taken from, you know, like we have been there, we have enjoyed that place. We have taken energy from it, from the people um, and from the land itself. And, Hawaii is a very special place. Uh, I think everybody that has been there understands that. It is a place uh, full of history and character. Um, It's unlike anywhere I've been in my life. And Maui, like most of Hawaii, uh, its entire economy is on the back of tourism. Mm -hmm. And Maui is kind of like broken up into two main tourist areas and there is like the part of Maui that I have spent the most time in, which is called Wailea, which is one of the towns, um, which is more modern uh, in the hotel construction and stuff. And Lahaina is the other one, and it's more of the historic area. Um, and there's a, you know, there's kind of like the old town, and a lot of more of the history of Maui is there. We spent a little bit of time there, but never got to actually. I always wanted to go, like when we would go again, to go and spend a bit more time in Lahaina. Well, unfortunately, Lahaina has been absolutely destroyed now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is horrific and so heartbreaking. You know, the the entire area has just been burned down. Um, And so, obviously, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about in this show is because we have such a great partnership with Kanalea. Kanalea's pens were inspired by Hawaii. um, And, you know, Carol and Hugh, they do a lot to try and give back to the Hawaiian people because similarly to the way that I feel, you know, like they in their lives are taken from Hawaii and they've taken like images from Hawaii to help produce a product. So like it gives them inspiration. And so they make sure to give back to the community, which I really enjoy and think is good. And obviously they are wanting to increase their efforts right now. Um, 
Canalea have a thing going on in this, and, and we wanted to promote it, so we're going to share. Uh, this is from uh, Hugh and Carol. So they say, Our hearts are with the wonderful people of Maui. In addition to making a personal donation, we will donate a portion of Canalea's proceeds from our August sales, both online and at the D- and from the DC and upcoming San Francisco Penn shows, to Maui's ongoing disaster relief. Please consider purchasing this month to support the Lahaina community and this beautiful island. In addition, at the upcoming Penn show in San Francisco, we will have a no-purchase-necessary Maui collection envelope at our tables. All funds collected will be sent the week following the show to these three Maui disaster recovery and relief organizations, the Maui Food Bank, the Hawaiian Red Cross, and the Maui Humane Society. These three organizations are excellent options for Pan Addict listeners wishing to donate directly. Uh, I also donated personally to the Hawaii Community Foundation. Um, they've set up a kind of like a Maui strong uh, thing. This was like when I was looking around because it's so difficult when these kinds of things happen and you want to mm. give and it's like, where do I give money to? Um, and on a lot of like Hawaii government uh, accounts and stuff, they were linking to this, the Hawaii Community Foundation. So like, I I wanted to share this. Uh, I hope that Pan Addict listeners are aware of it and I hope that people that feel emotionally towards this can see it in their hearts to give um, to, you know, however you give, you know, like it's a good excuse to buy the Canalea pen you've been eyeing. So you and Carol are going to donate or if you just want to give, uh, you can do that to a number of great institutions. These people yeah, need our help. Historically, the stationary community has always been a really good supporter of the causes that are important in the world, causes that are important to a lot of people, causes that are important that impact like our friends and families and everyone directly <clears throat> so it's always great to see the rallying around um the causes we also have some good friends in the community doing fun stuff so hello tello studios is um john has always been a huge supporter of us at relay fm when we do the saint jude's coming up yep. next month you know providing products to give away he's doing a we'll have a link in the show notes to this he's doing a a pin collaboration uh, similar to like he did uh, to raise funds for the uh, efforts in Ukraine, um, getting uh, several makers to collaborate, you know, different makers making different parts for the pen and putting it together and, and raising funds that way. Also, Pins by Pasquale is doing something on Instagram as well, raising funds, auctioning off a pen. Um, I've also, you know, I do a quarterly donation through the Penatic members. Um, you know, a newsletter that I, that I do every quarter. I, I do a donation. Uh, I don't also donated to the Maui food bank. So that is, you know, my recent, uh, contribution to them. And if anyone has any other, um, you know, community driven, stationary community driven, um, projects that they're working on that are, are raising funds for the devastation in Hawaii due to the wildfires, uh, definitely let me know, you know, reach out to us either through the the contact form, me directly. Um, there's a million different ways to get in touch with us. Um, so yeah, definitely let me know if you got things going on and uh, we would uh, be happy to, to share them because uh, this is uh, important to all of us and uh, we really, really appreciate the support. Mm-hmm. All right. So no, harsh left turn. Harsh left, harsh turn, left turn. We're yep. going to get into the show. So we have we have our classic. We have some classic notes in this show, Mike. We have some field notes to talk about. Oh, um, we have some, you know, some uh, retro fifty ones to talk about. I guess let's start with the retro fifty one because I mentioned it most recently. Um, the Segea, uh waves collection, the classic waves pattern that I mentioned that I got at the DC pin show from Rickshaw. This collaboration has dropped. So I just wanted to mention that since we mentioned it last week, it hadn't gone live yet. It's gone live now. And every time I show off this pin, uh, close-ups like on my Twitch streams and stuff, people are like, Ooh, <laughs> like it, they sick, did a man. really good job. They did this a really good really job with this one. Yeah. So I, when you explained it last time, maybe I didn't understand that it's like, it's almost like their Metal Smith series rather than exactly. a print. Like they've etched this in rather than printing it on. And I think that's that probably adds a lot of fanciness to the pen. Yep. And I added my own fancy by swapping into a blue uh, P8126 refill, which I think this pen is just screaming for a blue refill mm-hmm. um, aside from the traditional black, which they ship with. So 
I have been using uh, I've been using this pen a lot over the last week, and it also there's you know different cases and um, different pen sleeves and things like that for the project, and it also has a pencil component. Um, so I just have the pen, but you can get like a collaboration with the pen and the pencil set. So go check that out now that it has finally launched. Um, the other thing that launched, Mike, are the Plotter 2024 refills. And this is not normally something I would discuss, except one, I'm in the pocket of Big Plotter, clearly. Uh-uh. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm obviously a huge fan. Like, it's not, uh, it's no surprise that uh, I'm into the plotter system. But when you're thinking about what you're currently using for your planners and journals, and in my case, I'm using a plotter narrow, and it not being the most popular size item. I don't want to wait until like December to get my next year's refills because I know this is exactly what I'm going to be using for the next year, right? Sometimes it's hard to know this time of year, what you're going to be using in 2024. Not everyone is consistent from year to year hand raised. I have definitely swapped in and out of plenty of things over the years, but I'm really no. kind of, you? <laughs> no. <laughs> we have this show, Mike called the Genetic podcast. <laughs> you got to do it for your work, Brad, do it for your work. That's it. <laughs> no, I'm not changing next year. Uh, in fact, I've already bought, bought the, um, 2024 refills, just the weekly and monthly refills, right? I don't have to buy like any of the notebook paper. I just have to buy like the, the calendar dated stuff. So, I wanted to go ahead and get ahead of that game because I did not want to forget to, um, to, uh, I didn't want them to become unavailable, you know, when I forget to order them come December or January going, Oh yeah, I probably should order these and boom, 2020 four refills are gone because that's how planners work, right? They can't make these infinitely because they're not going to sell them once 2024 rolls around. So I just wanted to bring, that up because I got that email and uh, yeah, so got my that and that's you'll be proud of me, Mike. I Listeners, am. you're gonna be proud of me. That's all I bought. I just Good bought man. the refills. I bought the weekly calendar and the monthly calendar, and that was it. That was my. Let entire me tell you, Brad order. Daddy, I will <laughs> do everything in my life to avoid printing fixed dates on a product. <laughs> yeah, Let me it sounds you. terrible. Let me tell you, I don't want to live this life, right? Of like. It's it's too much. I mean, maybe one day, right? Like, basically, I don't want to do it know. for as long as my company's running the way that it does, which is like I'm keeping track of the inventory. You know, right. like maybe one day in the future, somebody else is keeping track of like inventory forecasting, and it'll be easier. But like mm-hmm. the i the thought of like trying to guess how many to order for that. Oh, it seems horrible. Like the yeah, bets but- on it, like. Ooh. Yeah, just you when you look at someone like Hobonichi, yeah, it it just gives me such anxiety. Yep, <laughs> like yep. they clearly know what they're doing, right? But the variety in systems that they have in sizes and patterns and colors that are almost all of it is date stamped. It's it's not blank. Like they have a few I'm, blank products. Maybe but. I'm weird. Maybe I'm different. I don't know. But like. I don't need things to be date stamped. Like I can write the date in, but like, yeah, obviously people like it, right? Obviously people mm-hmm. like it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like, so part of my thinking, like part of my personal reasoning for why I don't like to date stamp products. And I have multiple products now that take, that are like expected to be used on certain days. And I have more coming is that like, I know for me that it would be wasteful. Like, that there would be days where I wouldn't use. Mm -hmm. And like, so for me personally, like if I had a journal, which, which I did have, right? Like I had like a Hobonichi, I didn't write in it on weekends. So it's like a page wasted every single time. Yep. And so like, yeah, I just like, I like being able to date date things myself. I agree. And like, that's how I got into the format that I'm in now with like the, half page having like seven days on it right i can't do a one page per day thing like i've tried and failed that many times just for the the reasons that that you were talking about and the original format that i got into was uh, midori's traveler's notebooks format so it had the seven days except you just wrote in the dates right so yeah. they could sell it year round yeah see i like that is, that's what i do yeah. right like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So yeah. So it's I just, used. It's just different people, different things, and like absolutely, absolutely. and and, and so. it's normal, right? Like people, it's you know they they make their people that make products they make them based on the way that they use them first, I think. And then right. So this is this is both Mike and I freaking out as people who have made products going this sounds like a nightmare (laughs) because it really does so get your get your dated refills because they don't last forever if you're into whatever system you use but yeah i look at hobonichi midori and leuchterm are the ones that stand out to me is like that is such a huge volume of this and you just have to really really have to go strong like for the next three months to get all this 2024 stuff sold and then poof Mm -hmm. it's gonna vanish and then you're left with hopefully not much but you never know speaking of volume let's talk about something with not a lot of volume (laughs) this is sent into us by daniel who says here is a pen exclusive to utoya it is the disney 100 capless only 300 pens will be made and available. So it's Disney's 100th this year. Did you know this? I did not know that. 100 years of Disney uh, this year. So you're going to see a lot of this stuff, Brad. There's gotcha, a lot of things gotcha. are going to be around. And this is a Steamboat Willie uh, pen. Mm-hmm. It's like a white pen with like very subtle uh, printing on it uh, with gold accents. comes in a very fancy box. It's how much is this? Is it? I'm looking at what kind of translation. It's got to be $500 or so. Which I think is a pretty good price for something that's going to be so limited. But yeah, this is, it looks cool, I got to say. Yeah, what I find interesting about this is, again, back to the business brain working, is how big Atoya is to be able to pull off a pilot plus Disney yeah. collaboration that yeah. only how they do you get. How, how only do you bring they get together. this pen. <laughs> how did they manage this? Like now you said that, it's like, yeah, how did Atoya, who who did this come from? You know what I mean? Like, did right. Atoya bring these companies together? Did like Disney speak to Pilot and then Pilot spoke to Atoya? You know what I mean? Like, how did this right. happen? That's fascinating. Yeah, so that that's all I see when I see this product. Like, it looks cool. This, like, giving the the popularity of of Disney characters, even in in Japan, and the Vanishing Point, and the size of a Toya, this would be like an instant like sellout at, at any price. But it's kind of wild. It, I kind of I like it. It's pretty subtle. It's pretty subtle. Do you know what's funny to me? Like, and this is um, this is no shade in any direction. All right, I'm mm. just saying. Yeah, leave the shade to me. So this is like four hundred dollars or something, right? Okay. Can you imagine how much this product would cost if it was the same product but made by like Montegrappa? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking St. Dupont, but yes, right. You uh, know, like if this was an American brand, this thing would be like a thousand dollars, even like oh, the yeah. same kind of idea. Oh, for sure. For but sure. I hope to yeah. see that. I want the Mickey Chaos pen. You know what I mean? Give me it. <laughs> Give Could me you it. imagine? Give me it. Why not, man? Give me it. Do some Mickey Chaos. Yeah, baby. Right. I want it. Give it to Get me. Get on it, Montegrappa. I, honestly, if Montegrappa have not worked this out, like I don't know what's going on. You know what? Like if they don't have some kind of Disney pen coming out this year, like. Th- I love you, Montegrappa, but you failed, right? Like, you, you do so many, right? Like, I, I would be flabbergasted. I don't think they've done any Disney stuff yet. Yeah, like, so who knows? They do Warner Brothers stuff, but I, don't, I haven't seen any Disney stuff from them. But, like, yeah, yeah they seem yeah. to have a Warner Brothers deal because they got, like, Batman and, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. did Harry Potter and stuff like that. But, like, yeah. come and, uh, on, you know? HBO, HBO deals, so they mm-hmm. have some of that stuff, so... Yeah, um, it'll. I'll, we will. We will keep an eye on that. But yeah, that's all I think back to when I when I see this pin is like, how did this? How did this meeting happen to make this pin yeah. exist? That's what I want to know. I don't care about the pin. I want to know how it came into existence. So that's yep. what fascinates me. All right, talking about great pens. Yeah, talking about beautiful design. <laughs> Let's take a moment to thank one of our sponsors of this week's episode, and that is Enigma Stationery. Enigma Stationery offer unique items made from in-house designs alongside top brands and hard-to-find imported products. Starting today, they are offering a limited online pre-sale of their newest exclusive pen, Special Edition Number 8, 
Fogged In. Fogged In was made by Rich Paul, Rich Paul at River City Pen Company using his Elliott model as the base. The inspiration for the pen was a photo of the Golden Gate Bridge partially covered in fog. They created three new materials to represent the foggy waters of the bay, the bridge, and the fog itself. This pen is sick. Not only can you go to Enigma Stationery's website, I'll tell you the URL in a minute, but you should also go to their Instagram because they put a little video of Fog together. Yes, super good. I can't let you get through this because I keep giggling. I can't stop watching the video. (laughs) So good. Really good. And this is a real beauty. I got to say, this is a excellent looking pen. Yeah, so not only is it a cool looking pen when you're writing with it with the blue and the and the red section and the 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 fog colored cap, but when you have the pen capped and you can see the red peeking through, yeah. like the the idea, the concept like really stands out when you see the pen capped and then you uh you get into it and and uncap it and get to writing with it. I'm I'm fascinated by this whole thing. Really great job. Well, let me tell you between Brent, Enigma and uh River City. More people sh- this should be a thing, right? Like, yeah, the cap is its own part of the design, right? Which I think is rare. Like caps seem to usually just take on the form of the body. But this is like the cap is its own unique design element that changes the visual of the pen when it's capped from when it's uncapped. It's like the fog rolls in and then when you use it, the fog goes away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's plenty of two tone and three tone uh, pens, but do have the the concept uh, of the fog and the cap being the fog, and you bring it in the fog. Like I'm just, I again, I'm completely fawning over this. I think it's great, <laughs> unbelievably, and I think dangerously. This edition will only be thirty pens mm-hmm. in total. <laughs> so if you want one, act fast. It will be featured at Enigma's San Francisco Pen Show tables, where you can get yours for $180, and it includes the choice of your number six nibs. So head down to the San Francisco Pen Show and find Enigma Stationery from August 25th to 27th, where you'll find Fogged In, along with other exclusive pens and so much more. For those who can't make it to the show, do not worry. New items will arrive on their website by August 30th. Go now to enigmastationery.com slash penaddict for the limited online pre-sale of the special edition number 8 Fogged In to get it while you can. Remember, just 30 of this awesome pen are available. Use promo code PENADDICT to check out and you'll receive a free gift and discounted shipping on orders of over $40 or more. That is enigmastationery.com slash penaddict with the code PENADDICT. I will put a link in the show notes for that info. Our thanks to Enigma Stationery for their support of this show and Relay FM. So if that wasn't enough to get you excited about the San Francisco Pin Show, my shout out of the week is making the trip for the first time to the San Francisco Pin Show. And this is the wonderful Hiroko from Bocamundo Studio. God so damn it. Come <laughs> on. Why? This isn't fair. <laughs> so if you're uh, active on uh Pin Instagram, you have seen Bocamundo, the this work uh, that Hiroko does. Breaking, yeah, and they are making the trip over to San Francisco, and this would be I. So for me personally, this would be the first place I would go. This is going to be danger. <laughs> yeah, and it's just going. To, you have to budget accordingly. For <laughs> your visit to, to, to Bocamundo. <laughs> oh <laughs> and, my um, God, just, just go look, right? Just go look because this is not stuff you see. And this is one of the, the great things about pen shows, which we've been talking about for years, right? You get to see stuff you, in person that you may have only seen online. And Hiroko's artwork is just um, amazing. And the craftsmanship is out of this world, and you definitely just want to go see it, right? Like yeah. the the artwork that they the Arushi art, the um, you know, all the different inlays, all the different styles, all the different colors, um, and just the craftsmanship is is unbelievable. So, 
make sure you find uh, Book of Mundo if you're going to be there at the San Francisco Pen Show and check them out. So that is the shout out of the week. Wow. And it is, again, between the Enigma stationary pen and now this, like we're, we're just getting into like the full jealousy phase of not, not being there this year. So I will get yelled at uh, a bunch during the show. Brad, look what I found. And I'm going to be, I'm just going to have to, I, I need, I just need to go out of town and like into the, into the world wilderness during uh San Francisco Pen Show weekend. Well, Honestly, I'm just happy that we're in this one together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. We're both not going to be there. Yep. We're both not going to be there. But, Mike, we are both uh, Field Notes fans, and they, sure launched a new, they launched a new edition, Foiled Again, mm-hmm. Mike, which I think is a great name, uh, and relative to the Foil Stamped edition mm-hmm. that they did uh, for their 59th quarterly editions using uh, a hot foil stamping process from their printer. And I gotta say, I'll just go ahead and come out and say it. Like this is a knockout edition. What do you oh, think? Oh, it's fantastic! I saw it's fantastic. Look, my, so honestly, most of my favorite field notes are when they bring Draplin in to do something, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't always contribute, I believe, an artwork right. to a product. But Correct. this one, this is an Aaron Draplin illustration, which has then been foil stamped of a process that I cannot even begin to imagine how they <laughs> pulled it off. And like they even call out the fact that like the the foil stamping company that they use is they're from St. Paul, Minnesota and Studio on Fire is the name that like mm-hmm. they this is what they do. Like detail. Right. Uh, the video is, awesome. is the video is just strictly a process video, like yeah. print process video. Yeah. And I'm just staring at it like with my my jaw dropped. Like yeah. this is intense. Yeah, this is I know very little about this, but I know enough mm-hmm. to be dangerous and mm-hmm. this I don't even I don't know how they've done it and charged fifteen dollars. I, I cannot fathom right. how this makes sense. Like and they they even said like this was complicated, and so that this is a smaller print run than normal. Okay, I think it's gotcha. like twenty six thousand packs, which okay. is significantly less than what is a decent field notes like order mm-hmm. these days. Um, and it's due to the fact that this is like a this is hard. <laughs> this is <was Yeah>. hard. <laughs> uh, and they're using was... a new paper too that looks fun. It's like a shiny indigo paper, like very cool. Yeah, I, I'm all about this, and in the the subscribers uh, parts with the uh, the add-ons for the subscribers with the uh, the different colors mm-hmm. um, that you get. I mean, that's they did a good job of hey, this is a classic design with a highly technical print process and a completely sick subscriber bonus. Like you should have all the things like in they, a box. Like, they checked. Yeah. In a box yeah. of pocket notebooks, like they checked all the boxes on this one for me. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. I, I might even have to get some of these to check them out in person. I haven't bought field notes in forever. Yeah. I think um, I, I need to own a pack of these just to like, yeah, see it. So I'm yeah, buy I kind of want to see it right in person, yeah. especially like at the like these are the, the the traditional pockets. These are the three and a half by five and a half. This is not a big notebook. Like that's even harder to print mm-hmm. something this detailed on. Like it's just I I kind of want to see it just from a technical perspective because I appreciate that kind of uh, that kind of work so much. Like a lot goes into this. So good job by by Field Notes and and everyone involved in in this one. It's a really really nice one. Cool. Speaking of paper, um, my good friends over to Jodo over in your neck of the woods, you know, I'm, I'm sure Manchester, like you're friends with everyone in Manchester, right? That's just how it works, right? Are like, you know, Manchester? everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, not exactly close to you, but. No. I, uh, but um, yeah, so they're coming out with a paper uh, notebook. And, you know, you may have known Ajoto for a long time. I've been a longtime fan of Ajoto's pens. I'm a huge Ajoto pen fan. We've done a pen addict edition because I like them so much. And they just do great work. And some point last year, like it's been a while, they sent me a bunch of paper samples. I think I talked about it on the podcast. Oh, gosh, I didn't even, I didn't even have to find it. Just about paper testing. I, I, might even, I probably didn't even call them out by name because I didn't want to, you know, allude to anything so i probably just talked about paper testing and i think i had 
it was either 25 or 30 individual paper samples they asked me to test. And it was like, all right, I'm going to take this seriously and go through this process. And they're like, we're, we want to make a notebook, but we're sending a lot of paper out to a lot of people and we're just getting feedback right now. And again, this was last year. Like, I can't even remember how long ago it was. And so I did it. I did all the testing, did all my feedback, filled out all the information. Like, it was a good, thorough process. So now the the fruits of their labor are actually launching today as you listen to this podcast, I believe, um, 1 p.m. Eastern time, if I have the time correctly, on this day that we are dropping this podcast. So um, August 16th for those future listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool what they've ended up, what they ended up doing was not choosing one paper to try to solve everybody's problem is they made three different types of paper mm. and they've done a good job at describing the features of each of these paper and each of the paper types and what those types of papers, um, what medium will be best for them. So, there is a number one, a number two, and a number three paper. So, for example, um, a Johto pocket paper number one is good for pens, graphite pencils, and ink. It has a you know a a nice texture to it. You know, it's it's smooth but textured. And then paper number two is recommended for fountain pens and ink pens. And you know, it's a smoother, brighter white. It's gonna your inks are really gonna pop off the page. And then paper number three is your watercolor sketchbook type of paper, right? It's made mm-hmm. for pencils and pastels and graphites. You know, that really thick texture. It's gonna be able to handle water and you know different types of heavier media more than some of the paper number one or number two. So I got to test all these out. I have them uh, in hand. And I tested them out on stream yesterday, so we can put a link into the show notes of me going through. I tested paper number one and two. I didn't test the watercolor paper because that's not really my thing. Like, if you're into that, you know, that's something to consider. But paper number one and two are exceptional. Like, they did really, really good with all of the fountain pens and inks and pencils and things that I threw at it. Number two is definitely going to be your fountain pen winner type of paper. It is spectacular. It does a really good job with the ink colors. It shows shading and sheen. So I know that's what a lot of people want to know. How does it handle my fountain pens? Um, Number two is going to be your fountain pen uh, friendly paper. Number one is also fine for fountain pens, but it handles the traditional pens a little bit better. It doesn't quite show off the ink properties as much as number two, but I think they're going to do pretty well with these. They're smaller pocket notebooks. So uh, not, uh, excuse me, I'm not going to say pocket notebook. They're bigger than that. They're like a B6 ish size. Again, Mike, they're just, you know, they're smart sized or whatever we want to call it. They're 172 by 105 millimeters. They're uh, lay flat. The binding's great. So they're beautiful. Something to check out when they launch. I will be first in line when the Kickstarter campaign goes live today. So uh, Probably by the time you're hearing this. Yeah, probably by the time you're hearing this. I have a question that I don't know if you can answer, but I would be interested. Uh, Mm -hmm. The paper. Yeah. Is it their own? No. So there's okay. every paper, a paper supplier, paper supplier, each. Good. Okay. So number one, number two, and number three in a way. Yeah. But like, I'm pleased that they're not trying to do it on their own. Cause that just feels like an impossible. Yeah. So they're all have. Italian papers. So I don't know if they're all the same studio, mm-hmm. like they don't list the specifics, but the paper origin of edition number one, number two, and number three is all Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Yep. This can be, you know, devoid of this particular thing. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you feel when like a company doesn't name the supplier? I am fine with that. Yeah, this is interesting. As, as someone who's had to do it myself. Yeah. Right. There, there's. I don't want to say there's a fine line, but there is a balance with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to give all the secrets, yep. right? But at a point, it's like, well, it would be nice to share this information. Um, so like field notes is a, is a good example. They've always listed the paper source, but the thing about, and, and well, I'll explain the difference between like the field notes and a Jodo is field notes has never been necessarily about the paper. 
right? The paper is like just a tool for them to deliver their design processes. Yeah. yeah and their designs and their creativity. So it's like, Hey, we're going to use this and we're going to change it a bunch, right? Mm-hmm. We're not sticking with one thing in a more proprietary sense, even though like a Jodo is not saying, Hey, this is a proprietary paper, but we're making this notebook and we believe in this paper. And yeah, like, like we're not going to list out like the pure paper specs for that, but that's going to be our thing. And like, I'm completely fine with that. Like our not code note cards, we were very specific not to point that out um, because we, we put in the work to make something that we thought separated itself and, you know, eventually over the years, I would say like which paper it was, but I wasn't out there like publicizing it because I honestly, I didn't want someone else to use it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, I found the thing and it was through a large, you know, paper manufacturer. And, you know, it's sometimes like when you're doing your business stuff, you like you, you give plenty, you give enough information, but you don't have to give all of the details. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Interesting. But that's the difference. Yeah, that's the difference I see in like a field notes where they're they're making notebooks, but they're not going, This is the we put everything into this paper. Like they've never said that, right? Where Jodo's saying, We're putting everything into this paper, you know, and you know, we're gonna keep that closer to yeah. the best. So it's so like field I'm good notes, both ways. They're like what they're selling is the design. Yep. Right. And and like and that is from the manufacturing that they've chosen and the part the like products that they've chosen and then the way that they've themed it. But what Ajoto is selling, their like unique selling point is the paper and the quality of the paper. And so yes. maybe you don't want to be as forward with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I'm okay with that. Like yeah. It's it's okay to have like those type of manufacturing things closer to the vest. Like I I'm, think so. I'm okay with that. I, I Even though people don't want to hear that answer. Yeah. Like people want to know, but like some of it you don't get to know. You get to know where it's from and you get to know where we make it and you get to know how it was designed and all that stuff. But the actual physical component, you generally, a lot of times, you're not going to get that source. It's interesting. My, you know, I'm exposed to two kind of maker communities, right? The other one is keyboards. And in the keyboard community, people demand to know the manufacturer of products. Mm-hmm. And I find yeah. that strange that, that like companies give it. From like a switch perspective, say everything, something like that. Who everything, makes okay. the keycaps? Who's making this keyboard? Like people want to know. Oh, and really? Like, like even like they say like the molds. Like who's made it? Yeah, like who? Hmm, like interesting. There's there is a lot of like transparency required, and that comes from like when the hobby was a bit was quite a bit smaller than it is now, and mm-hmm. like there is an element that of like mistrust. It feels like in the community that like people won't just trust that the mm-hmm. product will turn out well this is changing yeah. more because there are some companies who have started more recently who are just like won't give the information like and they're just like yeah we we've worked it out and it's kind of like it's up to you to trust that you know like if you want to buy it right. buy it and then like that's like the trust that you're giving rather than necessarily the the manufacturer because i kind of yep. fall personally in the middle like some stuff i will be open with and some stuff if i think it's like proprietary mm-hmm. then i wouldn't share right 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 like a lot of people will tell you where the thing's made but they're not going to tell you the factory right because yeah. they don't want you going to call and <laughs> calling up a factory somewhere you know yeah right? it's something so. that i changed with like with the psychic notepad i'm very open because i'm very proud of the fact that it's mm-hmm. made in london and so mm-hmm. I wanted to share like who our partner is in London, um, exactly because like there's like a source of pride. But with the theme system journal, it's not important, and I don't share it. Right, but they're made in Europe, but it, it doesn't really it doesn't really benefit me in any way to right. talk about the manufacturing of that product, where I feel like it is a bit more beneficial. But with the Psychic Notepad, it's just like more of the story of the product, right? Yep. So there, like, there's you know good benefits to share as much information as possible, but there are limits that I'm fine with companies not sharing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a second break and thank our sponsor, which is Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. With Squarespace, you can stand out from the crowd with a beautiful website, engage directly with your audience, and sell your products, services, even the content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. 
You can take advantage of their new next-generation website design system over at Squarespace. It's called Fluid Engine. This will allow you to unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. You get started with a best-in-class website template, and it allows you to customize every single design detail with a reimagined drag-and-drop system for desktop or mobile. You can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. It is built-in and ready to go on any new Squarespace site, which, you know, you can make a Squarespace site like Brad's right, it's like it's a blog. You can share your uh, information about your business. Maybe you can set up a Squarespace website for an event or something like that, but you or a portfolio. But you can also sell products in an online store with Squarespace. Whether you sell physical or digital goods, they have all of the tools that you need to start selling online. And your customers can even get flexible payment options by making checkout seamless for your customers, but simple with powerful payment tools. Accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and offer customers the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay, all with Squarespace. Go and check it out for yourself right now. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and sign up for a free trial. Then you'll see why both me and Brad have been using Squarespace for like 15 years for our various projects. It's so easy, so awesome to use. Then when you're ready to launch your own website after building it in the trial, go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and use the code penaddict to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict when you decide to sign Sign up to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. Random Squarespace comment that I was just thinking about today is, like you said, as long as I've used them, the best thing that I like about Squarespace is I know what to... I know what's going to happen when I show up to do something there, right? And okay. what I mean is, like, we publish... There's something getting published on my site, penatic.com, almost every day. And, you know, I'll do a lot of the work outside of Squarespace, you know, the writing, the editing, the, you know, the taking pictures of all that. But when it's time to actually publish something, like, I don't have to worry about anything. Like, I do all the work outside, then I go to Squarespace, you know, open it up, and I'm able to just, like, finalize the article, like, pretty consistently, knowing, like, what how much time it's going to take me, you know, where everything is that I need to to, to push to get to get the article set up and scheduled and like i don't know it's just it, it's nice to not have to to worry about that anytime i open up the site it's just gonna be everything's gonna be good to go and i can publish easily like i i never have issues with that so that's that's pretty cool i was thinking about that this morning yeah i mean this is what they do right yeah and they are going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting for these projects i have coming up mike so i am uh I am flush with review products, right? I've got pens, I've got inks, I've got paper, I've got new storage, I've got all kinds of things. I've got like months and months worth of reviews to do, but I have other kind of project articles that I am working on. These are things I've been been mentioning for a while, and I just wanted to give a quick update. Like over the next few weeks, like I don't know that I'm going to do a lot of product reviews. I'm going to be doing these project type articles. So the first one coming up on Monday, and I, did we talk about this? I guess we talk about this. Um, I'm assuming bit. you know this, but bit, I yeah. I built 49 ink samples for the San Francisco Pen Show. And that was a kind of a big project for me um, to, number one, agree to. Like, what was I thinking? I was like, hey, can you make 49 ink samples for an ink testing station? <laughs> um, so I'm writing that process up, right? So, like, I'm going to write up an article. I wanted to do it before the, uh, before the pen show hit because I did a lot of this work on Twitch. And every time I would do it, people were always asking, like, what are you using? How are you doing this? The chat helped me like even buy products to make it go easier for me. So I know ink samples are very popular in our community. They're a good way to try test and test inks without having to commit to like the the larger price of and larger volume of the bigger ink bottles. So I think people will like that. On top of that, like right on top of that, I have all these pilot nibs, which we talked about, I don't know, several weeks ago when I got them. So I'm close to publishing an article for that. That might be the following week where I have all 15 of Pilot's nibs that they offer in the 912 series. And there's some really cool stuff in there that I want to talk about. So I have that coming up. 
Then you asked me, I don't know, again, a month or so ago, hey, what's the Panatic 100 update? Well, I think I'm changing that. I'm moving the goalposts on that, Mike. But I think it's going to work out okay. Um, I'm going to change this into more of a top 100 uh, personal collection pins. So that is something I'm working on. So for that is going to come up in the next... I don't know, month, probably in September. And guess what September is, Mike? That's when we and you and Relay FM really focuses on all of the great work we do uh, for St. Jude. I know mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot more to say about that coming soon. But one of the things that I've been working on already is collecting uh, donations for the big raffle that we do to raise funds on the Pen Addict. So like, I have all of these things coming up. And this is um, an interesting place to be when I just generally worry about reviews and I'm doing all this other stuff and I'm pretty happy about it, right? This is some neat stuff that I'm doing. So I'm also at the same time going, well, I'm sitting here and using this pen or that pen or this ink and I want to talk about that. So how do I share those two? So I don't know, maybe I'll double up on reviews some week. Um, we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't want to write a check that I can't cash, but uh, like, I don't know. I guess it's just a good time to be a pen addict right now. I'm excited about everything that's going on. Um, you know, even with the San Francisco pen show that we're not going to be at and, and seeing all that excitement, like I'm excited for everyone going there and, and having a great time. I've got one more pen show this year, Orlando at the beginning of September. So I'll be talking about that. So like my next two months, I'm thinking, how am I going to review any of these pens or inks that I have here? Because I have so much other stuff to talk about and that's a good place to be. Like I'm feeling like pretty positive about, the work and the community and just the whole stationary space like things are uh things are going pretty well and it's nice to be able to talk about like not just always a review even though like Mm. that's my favorite thing to do like give me give me the next big ballpoint pen to review and i will be a happy camper but it's kind of neat to be able to talk about some of these bigger broader topics as well very cool i look forward to the pen attic 100 Yep. Yep. So that's just a quick update on all the things I got going on because I couldn't like completely define like one thing. I was like, ah, let's just talk about all the things I got coming up. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Should we do some TPA? Yeah, let's do a few because this list keeps getting longer every week. Yes. Um, and I am actually here for that, but I do feel bad if we don't get to some of these questions <laughs> in a timely manner. I think this first one you should ask me. Okay. Hey, Mike. Hello. This is from Peter. This is from Peter. Hey, Mike. Uh, what UK pen shows have you been to, and what were the differences to the US shows? I mean, I've only been to the London pen show, and I've been a few times. And this is the... Is it TIPS? Uh, TIPS is the uh, Tokyo pen sh- International pen mm. show. Okay. What uh, is it? The this, London... It, it, no, London Writing... London Writing Equipment Society. LWES. Yeah, LWES. 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 That's it. The LWES shows... They've, I've been to this a few times and having been to the shows that I've been to in America, the London show does not compare, which frustrates me because it should. Um, the London pen show feels like it is the pen show that it has maybe always been and the what, at least the last time I went... And the wider, which was, I don't know, probably 2019 or something. And, I, and I've went a few times before mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. There's way more vintage stuff. Like the vintage room that you find in most pen shows is basically, is the largest room in the London pen show when I was going. And, you know, the, the more times I've been, the more like smaller creators were popping up. But it was nothing like even the smallest like it was nothing like even Atlanta the first time, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a very different vibe there. It's there isn't like people aren't like traveling to the show and like staying over. You know, it hasn't. It's generally got, a one day. Sh- it's generally been a one day show. Yeah, and they do it, but they do it a couple of times a year. Yes. Yeah, I just it's not really my thing. Like I, I like the shows that we talk about, the American pen shows, and you know I'm sure even Tokyo has the same vibe. But mm-hmm. yeah, there was going to be a show, 
Uh, right. There was going to be a new London Pen show, and it was going to be in the summer of 2020, and it looked really promising. Yeah, it's going to be a couple of days. It's going to at least be a like couple a of days. Day. They were bringing a bunch of creators in from all over, and like the you know they were having events, and like it looked like it was going to be the start of a pen show that was like the ones that I'm more used to, but you know something got in the way, and it and it never got off the ground. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I I. The best thing I can say about the UK pin shows, or the at least the the LWES, um, is that they seem to be growing a little bit from what I see on Instagram and from the different UK bloggers that I read, and like they're getting like some of like the post COVID mojo growth a little bit. You know, I definitely would like to see like could it be a two day event sometime or is it just gonna stick with one day? I do appreciate that they have it twice a year, you know. Instead of just one day once a year, there's they'll have like a spring and a fall. Like I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me, but you know, like six months apart, they'll have the show. I was like, oh that's cool. So and I think we're starting to see like some of the vendors that I see going to those shows just, you know, from like I said, Instagram and things like that. It's like, oh, okay, like this is getting like a pretty like they're they're catching up to to like what you would normally have been saying like about like some of the U.S. pen shows. And you know, maybe we'll we'll just keep going and hopefully hopefully see that continued growth and c- continued support um, uh, of the shows in and around London and the U.K. So yeah, it'll be good. One day. Mm-hmm. Rob asks. I've been into the fountain pen hobby for a few years now, but I have yet to venture beyond stock fine nibs. I'm going to my first pen show in San Francisco this year and wanted to get some nib work done, but I had some questions that I hope you can answer. So there's three questions here. We can go through them all. Maybe you, like I'll go through all of them. Um, and, or do, would you like me to go through one at a time? All of them. Okay. Do I need to get on a nib worker's sign-up sheet before the show, and is that typically limited to one nib? I want to take advantage of this show and maybe get three or four nibs done. I should take the pens empty, right? Or And any other tips are greatly appreciated. All right. So, love this question. I'm glad we got this one before the San Francisco pen show, so hopefully Rob will listen before then. So, getting nib work at a pen show is obviously a huge highlight right that's a huge reason a lot of people go to pen shows so rob's specific question let's let's break it down a little bit do i need to get on a nib worker's sign up sheet before the show if you can yes so a lot of nib workers are very busy at the show so they will take signups ahead of time that way you can go ahead and lock in your time if you know you're going to be there for multiple days i would definitely take advantage of anyone who's doing sign up sheets prior to the show cuz that way you can you're not getting stuck on like a saturday trying to force your way into like a list that may be full mm-hmm. you know that may have filled up this morning some don't um do advanced signups and you do have to sign up at the show but i'll get to that in a second and is that related to that if you get up to a nib worker for their uh, their sign up is that typically limited to one nib? If you're look if you're going to sign up, they will usually have the details. A lot of them will allow for two nibs, and they're kind of booking in thirty minute increments, mm. and that's generally you could get two nibs done in that time frame. But if you're having a single um, sign up, like if you just sign up with one nib grinder you're basically signing up for a time window and you're not going to get three or four done and that would be actually too much to ask for so i would limit it to one or two per but you could sign up for two different windows you could sign up for two different makers you know i've been to shows where i've had three or four nibs done by three or four different nib grinders so um, if you're sitting with one nib grinder for one appointment, you're probably not getting more than two done, but they will let you know um, whether they're going to limit you to one, two at the most, I would guess, and almost never going to be three or four. Um, so you would have two different appointments for that or use two different nib grinders. Mm-hmm. Um, you should always take the pins empty. That is correct. Um, if you do have them inked, like they will flush them out. Uh, like. I, I never put that on them. Like if I have a pen that's inked and all of a sudden I have a whim uh, to to get a nib grind and I'm able to get an appointment, um, I will actually go try to flush it out myself like in the, the, <laughs> the hotel restroom. I've done that plenty of times because I don't want to waste 
my time um, with a nib um, with a nib meister having them clean out my pen before they work on it. So um, yes, they're generally covered in ink, but they don't need it from your pen. So definitely take it clean. So the nib grinders who will who don't take advance appointments. What you want to do is go find them first thing in the morning on whatever day you're you're there and get on their list that morning. So say you have four nibs you want to get done and you're able to get one appointment ahead of time. So you can say, hopefully you can get two nibs done from that one appointment. Now you have two other pens that you want to get done. I would go find the other nib workers who didn't take online appointments and say, can I ask them, you know, can I get on the list for later today? And they will usually have a sign up sheet at the table where they will take your name, your cell phone number uh, to call or text you when your appointment's ready, but they can give you a general, some of them can give you a general time, say, Hey, if you're signing up at 10 o'clock, okay, come back at two, you know, I'm gonna put you down for this two o'clock spot. Or some will say, okay, you're eighth in the list. We will call you when the person ahead of you is sitting down. So that's the kind of things you want to look at on the day of. Um, and you're not going to be able to sign up on a Friday for a Saturday appointment, usually, unless people are taking online appointments. Um, mm. So a lot of them will just have the day of sheets and they will be able to give you some good guidance on when they can see you, how many pins they can work on for you. But you want to do that first thing in the morning. Like if you're there Saturday, and if you haven't signed up for nib work, like in the first hour or two Saturday, you're probably not getting nib work done, especially at a show like San Francisco that is huge and busy. So just a few things to keep in mind there. Uh, hopefully I got all the questions out there. But yes, that's um, that's generally how I think about it when I'm doing um, getting nib work done. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that's always so popular, right? Like you've got to prepare yeah. for it in that way. Yeah, so an example from the DC Pen Show, I bought my Monarch nib from Ian Schoen, and I knew I wanted to get a grind on it, but I wasn't, I didn't pre-book a time to get a grind on because I wasn't, I hadn't bought the nib yet, right? So I wanted to wait. So I got that done on Friday at one o'clock, I bought my nib, or like at two o'clock, I bought my nib. So right then when I had the nib, I walked over to Gina from Custom Nib Studio, what's appointment do you have between today and tomorrow do you have anything available and at two o'clock on friday i got 4 30 on saturday was my appointment so you just got to keep that in mind like it's 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 tough right to to do something like on the fly so you want to take care of that stuff as early as possible or ahead of time if you can And last question comes from Peter. Just wondering, in the aftermath of a pen show or large pen purchases, how do you store your pens, ink, paper, and other items? Do you keep track of what you've bought in some way? I currently track what ink I've got, so I don't buy ink again when I see something I like and I've already bought it. So Peter is clearly way smarter at this than me. Like, I'm just like a whirlwind. Um, I have no clue what's going on, generally speaking. But no, I... I I generally have an idea going into a show what I'm looking for. And if I've thought about that at all before I've attended a show, like I'm not going to duplicate things. Like I'm not looking for like 10 new inks to bring home with me that I might have before. Like at DC, I was looking for new inks, but I knew they were all show specials. So I knew I didn't have them. And, you know, those, they were all just being launched at the show. So that was easy. Um, the pens I definitely don't track. Um, so yeah, I am, I'm trying to think like what other people do. So I know deaf people will bring up different type of ink spreadsheets that they're keeping, or they will bring up their fountain pen companion link. So that's, if you're thinking about inks, I would highly recommend to fill out a fountain pen companion profile. Just go to fpc.ink and enter all your inks and you can just pull that up. And you will know. And I, I will be sitting with people who will be trying inks and looking at samples. And they'll go, hang on. Let me see if I have this already. This is for people with like hundreds and hundreds of inks that just can't keep up with all of them. Um, and they will. I will be sitting with people who will pull that up like on their phones and say, oh, yes, I, I would 
I, I already have this or, oh, no, yeah. I would like to try a sample of this or whatever. So if for inks, I would do that for pens, you know, it, it's a little bit different. You just have to know your personal collection um, a little bit better. And how I store things, Peter, um, we're, we're not going to discuss that uh, in public. It's, <laughs> it's, we, it's called the closet of doom for a reason. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about the closet. Of Doom. Yeah, we don't talk about the closet of doom. But yeah, but it's uh, Peter has great points, right? And you should think about these things ahead of time to you know have a list of what you're looking for, right? I don't have a shopping list per se for a pin show, but I have an basically an idea list. I want to see this. I want to test this out. I want to try this pen. I want to look at this ink and have that kind of list going and you should be covered as far as like being careful about, you know, buying duplicates, things like that. And I I definitely can't uh, recommend fpc.inc highly enough to to go fill out um, what you already own and that'd be a good way to track that. Mm -hmm. If you would like to send in a question of your own for a future episode, just go to penaddictfeedback.com Dot com and you can send us in stuff there. If you would like to find out what Brad's up to in between now and the next episode, go over to penaddict.com. You can find Brad online on all the social media. He is penaddict on Instagram and threads, right? And Mastodon. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm I-M-Y-K-E. You can find Brad streaming multiple times a week over at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Are you back to normal schedules now? Normal schedules for the foreseeable future yeah i guess my my orlando pin show pre pre uh leaving will be a little bit weird but yeah pretty normal schedule from now through the rest of the year wonderful uh thank you so much to our sponsors of this week's episode enigma stationary and squarespace but as always thank you for listening we'll be back next time until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad <laughs>